You want me to talk about will. evangelism <laughs> explosion? Just leave a little bit of time for me. <laughs> Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast. Together, we're cultivating real conversation, real community, real lives. Join Tammy Brown and Melody Workman of Sandals Church as they discuss real issues and empower women to cultivate truth, live out their faith, and connect with a community of kindness. All right. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Cultivate Podcast. I'm Tammy Brown and joined by Melody Workman, as per usual. And we're actually super, super excited um, today because we have a special guest. And if you've been attending Sandals Church in recent weeks... Um, you know him well, but uh, Claude Hickman is actually hey. here today. And I think, has we have we ever had Matt on? No, I was so just Claude's getting ready to say, first Claude, dude. Our, I was Claude you're our first <laughs> male on that. the Cultivate podcast. If it's, we had sound effects, a real compliment right now, <laughs> Claude, <laughs> we would clap. <laughs> we, we need, right now, we need all of our applause. Right? You so. guys. Um, but it's well, actually you. been my like goal to get you on here Claude because one of the things I admire most about you is how passionate you are about sharing your faith Mm. and um one of the things that I mean if you're listening in October of 2020 this everything's going to make sense to you if you're listening at a later date just know this we're in the middle of a pandemic But also, it's been one of the craziest years ever, like with fire and tragedy and, I mean, it's just been such an insane year globally. There's there's a meteor (laughs) headed for the planet right about the time of the election, I think. Uh, It's, yeah. (laughs) Nothing surprises us now. I would actually knew about that. I knew about it. Yeah. It's going to miss. I knew about it. When I, in this season's teaching, I talked about like, wouldn't it be funny if we look, you know, I was talking about like, you don't know the good old days while you're in them. Mm-hmm. And like, how funny will it be if we look back at 2020 and be like, man, I wish missing, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm missing thinking about the worst thing happening is killer hornets right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> She's not speaking that into existence, everybody. I'm just saying, what if the, what if this is as good as it's going to get? But here's the thing. So. This year, probably the biggest question Matt and I have been asked is at end times. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Matt's, you know, Matt, he's like, I sure hope so. You know, I'm like, oh my God, I'm scared. No. <laughs> but that is the biggest question that yeah. Matt and I have been asked after tragedy, disaster, weird thing. I mean, we are seeing things that biblically, we say will happen, but we've seen things before. So, you know, we don't know the time, but, and so here's the thing that I was thinking about is let's say it is the end times. Then I think what needs to shift in our perspective, right? Because Mm. if it is the things we're worried about should shift. Mm. So that's one line of thought that I'd been having as I you know, kind of thought, here's here's what I want to have this discussion on for this podcast. But the other thing is this, is I always hear Matt, and Mel and I kind of talked about this last year before everything changed about when we were talking about real conversations that we want to have on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I hear Matt, I hear Eric Sally, I hear who's one of Matt's and my best friends. Um, I hear men all the time talking about how they led someone to Christ. I never hear women say that. 
I never hear women say, oh my gosh, I shared my faith. I led someone to Christ. And so, and I'm not, I'm not saying it. I'm not doing it. You know, I think I dance around it. I try to, you know, have leading conversations to it. I, but I'm, I'm just not the, have you accept, you know, like, because I feel a few things and, and I want you to share how you feel Mel. Mm -hmm. but I think, one of the things in my position of being a pastor's wife that I've experienced over the how many 20 plus years is people assume I'm coming at them with that all the time. So they immediately stiff arm me. Sure. And so over the years, I think I've stopped doing that so that people don't reject me before I have the chance. But now that I don't, you know, it's like a weird thing in that way. Um, I feel clumsy at it. Like I'm mm. afraid I'm going to say it wrong, yeah. do it wrong. Um, and then... They're uh, uh, honestly like I'm distracted mm -hmm. and I forget to remember the end game. Mm. And so I don't do it, you know. I, I, and so I'm like, man, I, I want that to change about me. And I want women to not feel scared to share their faith and, and to reprioritize um, leading people to Christ because that, and we don't know that these are end times, but end times are happening at some time. And it needs to matter to us mm -hmm. where people are spending eternity. So what, what's your thoughts on why women maybe aren't, or for you personally, like yeah. in that same regard, just sharing our faith and, and pursuing leading people to Jesus? Yeah. Personally, I was raised in a culture where we were taught to do this and we did it in, I think, very confrontational ways. I was, I was the girl out on a Saturday morning in my skirt, knocking on people's doors, doing a religious survey. But really the hope in doing the religious survey was to get to the end. And then, well, if you died today, I mean, you just asked the question, if you were die today, do you know for sure that you would go to heaven? And then if they said, no, I knew what, you know, I knew the Romans road. Um, then I did. See, I bet a ton of people listening have no idea what the Romans Road. Yeah, means. Romans Road is just a form of evangelism. You know, you, t you start You're in Romans all your three. Christian cards, right? Right, now. right. <laughs> but e -E. Then, oh, yeah. Then I had to do Evangelism Explosion, which was a whole course on how to share your faith. Nerd alert. Um, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it it's it's my struggle has been different in that for so long it was in it was ingrained in me that if I wasn't having a confrontational conversation with a person at least once a week, I didn't care about people that weren't saved. Mm -hmm. So I would force it in places where it the, it was not in the, even in the right context because I felt guilty. Um, my churches I grew up in were all about numbers. We'd come back from these Saturday morning, you know, excursions where we would do these really, and we'd have to turn in numbers. How many people did you lead to Christ, Melody, on your walk? And people were like, 14. I'd be like, um, 15. Like, you know, like you, it was very, pr it felt pressure. So um, years later, um, when Adam became a pastor and we started kind of rethinking faith and we started rethinking relationships, relational evangelism became something that we had mm -hmm. never talked about before, which was we're going to, we're going to, be friends with people who don't know Christ and try to influence them through our relationship that will lead to the conversation. Um, and it took me a while to become okay with that because I it was ingrained in me for so long. And my dad, there's a phrase I'll use that really shows my background, uh, soul winning. 
Um, Claude's nodding and smiling. My dad was. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, my dad was the is the yeah, that's the southern. soul winner. Like he wins souls. Like that means he tells people about Christ and leads them to Christ, and he still does. There, I meet people all the time when I go back home. Like your dad led me to faith. Like he's he. That's awesome. Um, but I think that there's the reason why this conversation is so important is because the way in which we do it. Um, mm -hmm. really matters because I meet people all the time who aren't Christian and the reason they're resistant or the reason they may resist you is because someone tried to have a conversation that was very confrontational. Mm -hmm. You're going to burn. You're gonna, So you, you can't even broach the topic without them getting super weird or super defensive, mm -hmm. which is what I was doing for all of those years. Like I, I it's probably my fault that they don't want to <laughs> talk to you. But so he, here's what I'm thinking though, is that like you said, waiting for that conversation to come. Like, I think I'm the same way. I'm like, I'm just going to love them, be open, but I'm not pursuing it. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to I'm gonna try to set you up a little bit, Claude, but a couple things. You lead an or a ministry. Go ahead, say what it's called. The Traveling Team. Tell us about that. Well, it's kind of different. We're, we're trying to help college students use their degrees overseas and help people in the world. And so we mobilize students to do world missions. Um, but a part of that is teaching people how to, how to share their faith. Share their faith. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of them are getting that in college ministries. I'd say I came from a really similar environment to Melody uh, from a campus ministry. And I'm, even though there were some negative things to it, it forced me to learn some things mm -hmm. that I did not learn in seminary mm -hmm. and I haven't learned in a church. Yeah. And I'm grateful for some of those like muscle memory things that I did learn, mm -hmm. even though some of the motives were, weird, funky sometimes yep. and things like that. Um, anyway, go ahead. I, I had some thoughts on all the no, things. No, I, I was going <laughs> to say, and so, you know, I naturally, one of the things when you teach here um, for everyone at Sandals, you know Claude is on Matt's teaching team. So when Matt is out off the platform um, teaching and preaching, Claude is one of the men who will step in for him. But, you know, you often make sure that you're incorporating sharing your faith and so I was like, oh, I really want to have Claude on there. Matt mm -hmm. actually really wanted to be here with you today. He was like, I want to do that That'd with Claude. That would have been so fun. Well, but we probably he's recording you know, his own podcast down the hall right now. <laughs> and we may not even disagree or agree on everything um, that I think about it. But, you know, let's go back to 2020. Uh, I think that I don't worry so much about is this the end times or is this the end? I think, you know, something Matt just said in the sermon this weekend was so weird about the, you know, we're, we're like a sardine farting in the ocean, you know. If the, I don't, I, I you're, like my, like you're like my sons. If that's Why what you remember from his that's that the only thing said. people are gonna remember from the sermon. You know, if the world blew up in the galaxy, would anybody notice? And mm -hmm. I would say yes, that's true. But also, like in the timeline of all history, that this time in history is really small. Mm -hmm. You know, Christians have suffered more mm -hmm. in the past than they've suffered today. Things have been worse in the world. Things have definitely are worse in other countries than they are in our country. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people have thought, oh, this is definitely the end. Yeah. And so there's nothing unique about that. I think what I care more about is, is this the end for you? Mm. Or is this the end for me? And oh, and I think we God, I think about, <laughs> I think we get surprised with that all the time. On. You know, when we lose mm -hmm. a friend mm -hmm. or when we lose a family member all of a sudden, that's when it's, oh, I didn't know it was the end for you. Mm -hmm. And so I think I just take a, a lot of relationships and think, man, is this the last time? Not all. And by the way, if some of you that don't know me, 
I'm definitely not the guy that's always walking around talking about Jesus, but I do think I talk to a lot of lost people. I do. I am doing that <laughs> a lot, but you know, I meet a lot of lost people that way. I have mm -hmm. a lot of, you know, hobbies are a great way to connect to people. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine says people with interests are interesting people. And mm. so I just try to use some of the things I'm interested in to connect with people. Mm -hmm. um, but I, th I really think about relationships in the sense of like, is this the last time I'll see someone? Like I told a story a while back about the UFC couple that mm. I saw at the coffee shop and get, yeah, built yeah, a relationship yeah. with. Well, this or at the beginning of the year, I, I actually wrote a book um, about why I follow Jesus kind of for some of my athlete friends in mind. And she was one of the people I had in mind to give it to. So guess what I did? I brought that book with me every single day I went to the coffee shop because mm. I never knew if she walks in, I want to be ready. Yeah. And there was a day in March before everything shut down. It's the last time I've seen her. I gave her, she asked me about it. She's like, did you finish your book? I'm like, I have one for you. Wow. I pull it out. I write in it for her. And like, I'd already thought through what I want to write, but I took the time to write it so I could talk to her while I'm writing it, signed it, gave it to her. And I, the point was that might be the last time I interact with them. Mm. And I think that's a way better mentality coming into 2020 is, I mean, is Am I using today mm -hmm. as if it might be the last time I see this person or that person? Yeah. that. But even your perspective in that, like you had this person's eternity on your heart, even though you weren't like ready for that, but you were ready. What if I meet yeah. her? You but took the book every time you went. Yeah, but, but that's but I'm a saying, I'm mentality. saying we all should do that. That's yeah. my point is I think we all could be better mm -hmm. at being intentional like that with the people that God's putting um, yeah, you know, in, in us into proximity with. And I think that reason why that matters so much right now is because people are, before COVID, most people weren't thinking about eternity or what happens next. It's just kind of like, my life is busy. I've got stuff to do. Yeah. I've got places to go. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden, we didn't. We didn't have things to do, places to go. Mm -hmm. Everything felt fragile Everything always is fragile. We just don't recognize it as fragile. Well, Americans felt fragile. Yeah. And right now, we, all of a sudden. That was like a little subtle about. burn. <laughs> no, totally. it's just real. No, I Yeah. The rest of the world has been fragile for a while. <laughs> right. We finally went, what? I don't have groceries? Yes, I, can't I can't buy what I want to buy when I, I want to buy it? Exactly. All of those things. Why isn't Target getting restocked? Yeah. <laughs> is, is it really the end of the world? Um but I remember a day in March when everything had just happened and it was really rainy and yes. it just kept raining. And I was like, I had a panic attack one of those days. It, it felt like, cause you couldn't leave your house and, and everything felt for the, so again, American Christianity again mm -hmm. is like, Oh my gosh. But I think for all of America, there was all of a sudden this thought process of what, what's going on and what's, what's my life and what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And it did become an opportunity. And I think it still is an opportunity for those of us. And Matt said this in one of his messages um, early on in, in COVID. He said, we're walking around like we don't have hope and we are the ones that do. <laughs> we we, yeah. we seem the most hopeless, but we have the most hope. We should. That's what we should be sharing and telling and giving people. Um, and so I think that this season we're living in does provide us with an opportunity mm -hmm. to relook at how we do that. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think women, even though you, you were talking about how maybe you hear some men say, I've led somebody to Christ or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll, I'll, we'll come back to maybe why I think that happens. But I would say women have incredible potential 
to share the gospel with more people than men because they're so much more highly relational. Mm -hmm. Like Rebecca knows a thousand more people than I do at Sandals. Like I, I know five people, you know, I have like five, three friends and I hope we're two of them. She has, <laughs> she literally is like, she'll wave and talk to people and you know, just this weekend and she's like, Oh wait, you don't know who that is. And she just knows all these moms and all these people. Mm -hmm. And so I think that women are just naturally very connected and networked with other moms and other women. And, and she knows all our neighbors and it's, it's real natural for her. Mm. And, uh, but I think there's some things that women can do to help turn those relationships into spiritual opportunities. Mm. But I would say they're, they're way more relational than men and they're way better at being real and mm -hmm. honest and vulnerable mm -hmm. and, and get into those conversations. Well, and I think women share, like we share all the things, which is a natural on-ramp for spiritual conversation in a way that men don't as often. And so that's why I want to leverage this time together to say like, how can we be better at that? Like, Because that's what I think. I, I think that... One of the things I think the enemy does is he complicates it in our own mind. Like we complicate it. We don't even need his help for that. But also, you know, part of I think the way I see him deceive us a lot is to say like, oh, I can't discern God's word. I can't share it for myself. I can't understand it for myself. Right. I'm not. I need yeah. Matt. You know, Matt, hey. Also, <laughs> I'm like, let me ask Matt about that. You know, when people ask me stuff. Because I'm which like, I don't want to mess up God's word. Which is not true. But you I'm know saying the it's, Bible it's an and, insecurity, yeah, you know. And so. I want this time to be like, how how do we share our faith as women? Like, how can we do that better, simplify it, mm -hmm. and and take out some of the fear from it? Because I do think it's a lot of it's rooted in fear, of yeah, course, and distraction. Well, so I want to I want to bring up a big old elephant in the room. I, I'm going to talk oh, about shit. something, and That's, you can disagree. Tammy with me if you Brown want. lives in that world, so I'm used <laughs> um, to it. <laughs> I I do not believe in a gift of evangelism, mm -hmm. and I don't know where. Matt falls in that, but I just personally, I don't believe certain people have a gift of evangelism and other people don't. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you, by the way. We, yeah, I think we have a phrase in our, with our kids. We, we talk about a fixed mentality versus a growth mentality in our home with our kids. Explain so if a fixed mentality says, I'm not good at dancing. And so they never try to dance oh or gosh, I'm not good at math. Like, and the <laughs> fixed mentality is kind of that. Well, yeah, but everybody does this. They're like, I'm not, I'm just not good at that. So I'm not so, even going to try. So I'm not going to try. And and we a, a growth mentality says, I'm not good at math yet. Like we add yet to a lot of things, or I'm not good at dancing yet. But a growth mentality says you can get good at anything you practice or try. And the difference between you and somebody that's really good at something is they probably work really hard so at it. You're saying I could still be on the worship team here. <laughs> Okay, that's a different conversation. Yet. Not yet. <laughs> you guys, this is for real. So this is just for funny, for fun and jokes. The other day, we, my husband put on this song, and he, he loves this song. <laughs> and he's just singing it at the top of his lungs. And I left the room to go do something, and he comes and finds me. He goes, and he was dead serious. He was like, if you gave me voice lessons, could I sing like that? And I said, do you want me to be honest with you? <laughs> <laughs> Where does this fall? Claude and the fix. This is the loving growth? truth. I said, <laughs> no, you can't. And and I said, and to give you context, if I worked as hard as I wanted to, I couldn't sing as good as Adele. He's like, that's not true. I'm like, it is true. I could become better, but I couldn't become that level. Because I think that 
Hello? The other, <laughs> the other side of that is you can do anything you want if you put your mind to it. Well, I could try to dunk all day long. Oh my gosh! But I'm not going to. This is where you don't want to get Matt going off. He'll be like, Ethan's never being an NBA player, and I'm like, don't kill his dream. <laughs> He's like, I just well, we need to be honest. <laughs> I think you're. But he could be better. You're talking about, Yet. <laughs> you know, achievement Bring versus like, on. can we do it? Yeah. Bring us back, Claude. <laughs> I think that in the Bible. There, there's a lift, list of spiritual gifts. Evangelism is not one of them. Evangelist is a role that's mentioned. And mm-hmm. I think people get that really confused. Mm. There are people that dedicate their life to something and get better at it maybe than you and me, um, or they are more outgoing or things like that. But I don't think that's a gift. I think it's like a paramedic or yeah. an Olympic athlete. They've set aside their life to be really good yes. at something. Can you achieve what that Olympic athlete is going to achieve? Maybe not because I'm 140 pounds. I'm not going to be that. But can I get better at it? Mm-hmm. Can I, Can with God's help, be an evangelist? Of course. I, I, just, I think that's the first thing I hear with church people is, oh, I don't have the gift of evangelism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, I went and Googled, this is hilarious, I, I Googled gift of evangelism, <laughs> and I have a paragraph that I read to our kids last night at dinner, and I'm just going to tell you right from the beginning, I disagree with every single thing in this paragraph. <laughs> but it talks about people who have the gift of evangelism are burdened in their hearts for the lost. I think, well, that's nice. Mm-hmm. And they go out of their way to share the truth with people. Evangelists are able to overcome the normal fear of rejection. Wow. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> And engage non-believers, and that's why they receive a greater response to the message of salvation than other Christians. And I'm like, I, I don't agree with anything in yeah. that. Because first of all, I was my, gonna say, yeah, break it down. My wife is incredible. She's incredible at sharing her faith and she meeting is. people. And I want to say she's brave, but that's not the right word. She's just she just obeys God. Mm-hmm. Like when it's tough, it has nothing to do with being afraid or not. I'm super nervous, like preaching, teaching, all those kind of things. They make me super nervous. But I obey, and I work hard to get ready, Mm. and I Mm -hmm. prepare. Um, But then I just obey, you know, and I think she does things that are terrifying and talks to people, and I'll tell you some stories and stuff she did. But I just thought it was funny when you Google and you find stuff like that because that's what people read. Yeah, okay. So Ed Setzer, on the other hand, says this. Barna did a poll that just was released a couple of years ago. And it says 1% of believers claim to have the gift of evangelism, <laughs> which is down 4% from 4% like a year before. And so I asked my kids, I'm like, do you think God in yeah. heaven has decided that only 1% of Christians have this special ability to share their faith and not have any fear and it's all gonna go great. Everybody's gonna come to Christ. And they're like, well, no, that's stupid. God, that would make God the problem. Mm. You know, yeah. really the talking about having to a gift of evangelism it's like it pushes the blame from us to who? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my nine-year-old. Well, and it excuses like, us. Like, oh, I don't. Totally. I don't have to do that. It's not me. It's someone's, but it's not me. Yeah. Well, and to think to, for an even broader perspective, the gospel is the only message that can change a person's eternal being, existence. And yet God's only going to give 1% of his children the gift to actually share the gospel. You know, the only message that can change lives and turn people from death to life, but he's only going to give 1% of people with the ability to actually share it, is we can excuse ourselves. Exactly. Well, and do you know people who are gifted singers but don't love God? Yeah. Uh, Or don't use their ability and are lazy? I mean, I know all kinds of people who are Mm -hmm. gifted at things or or whatever you want to call it, 
but there it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean they're using them to their full potential. And what's even worse is I think that person, when someone comes to Christ, who do they give credit to? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think the fearful, the obedient person who knows that they don't they're not qualified and knows mm-hmm. that they don't know all the answers, that person relies on God, prays more. And when someone does respond, they give all the glory and credit to God mm-hmm. versus their ability or my, you know, whatever. You just described me anytime I ever try to teach at Cultivate. I'm like, I pray more. Matt even <laughs> says, you're, you're a better, different person <laughs> when you're preparing to teach. Because I do, I have to, I have, I'm like, I, I got nothing, yeah. God. And I do feel that way. Like if anything good came with that. It was you, God. Whereas, like so many other areas of my life, I rely on me. Mm. Yep. You know what I mean? I'm just like, oh, I can do this. I'm super good at this. Mm. <laughs> but when it comes to teaching, I would say that's not my thing. And I have to obey. I have to work really hard to be okay-ish, you know? And that's not true for you, Claude's pointing to himself. Oh, yeah, it is. I do you- know that you work very, very hard, though. Like, you take it so serious. Yeah. And I really look up to that to you for that in that way because I do think you know um it's not that Matt doesn't work hard but he he's really good at it um he's really good like on the fly and he's constantly a learner all day every day so he's already got it all kind of in there I'm not that way like Matt will tell stories about our life and I'm like that did happen and it does work for this (laughs) I never remember it I would have never thought like he just thinks differently, you know, but so I, I would say I, that's me. But how, how do you, Claude, then what would you say to women, all the women that are going to be listening about, let's start with this. Cause I kind of want to go through like, how, how would you convince them they need to be doing this? We need to be doing this more. Mm-hmm. And then I, I want you to like literally walk us through how we could do that. You know how we can start that conversation. Sure. How do we? Yeah. How, how do we? What do we do? Yeah. What do we do? Walk us through it. Well, Lead us through the Roman road. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think not to overthink. Not to overthink it a whole lot. But I would just say, you know, it's not a gift for a few select people. Uh, it isn't even Pastor Matt's job to lead everybody mm-hmm. in Riverside to Christ. I, I think that's one way people to come come to Christ. And it's awesome when people come to Sandals and they come to know Jesus. And I think in our culture, it's really normal when someone's life starts to take a turn for the worse. They're like, I'm gonna get back in church. And you mm-hmm. know, so they come to Christ here on the weekend. But I think plan A is that people are coming to Christ at your dinner table and that people are coming mm-hmm. to Christ you know, at your, your play group or whatever it is. And so I think plan A is us, not necessarily get them here to hear Matt, mm. you know? And that I think is people's plan A though. Yes. Is like, I, I got him here. Can you, can yep. you wrap this up? Can and I've you done that the deal? and I brought my friend and they heard the gospel and then they walked out and nothing changed. And my best friend, one of the only, I've only led like two people to Christ, just to put things in perspective. And a lot of no's. God, why I do know. I even have yeah. <laughs> Well, see you guys. <laughs> Let me call my dad real quick. Um, but one of, them, one, of the, uh, one of them was my best friend. And yeah, I brought him to church and I did all those things. I, you know, and, and it ended up just being me and him pulling over on the side of the road and me giving a really simple, like a, literally ABC. All I can remember was ABC. Dude. And it was, it was just God moved in his heart mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're going to, we can talk about this later, but, you know, I think one of the reasons I don't worry so much about getting things wrong 
or did that go well or not, is you don't know um, when God's moving in somebody's heart. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guessing we're, we're getting ready to go through Joshua here. and There's the story of Jericho where they're marching mm-hmm. around Jericho. Well, you know, lap six and lap five probably felt really stupid. Mm. You don't win a war with a trumpet. Right. I'm sorry. That's just, that mm-hmm. looks really dumb. And that's how I feel a lot of times when I'm talking about spiritual things is I'm on lap five and it just feels stupid or it feels like a failure. Or, well, that didn't go right or that was stupid. But you don't know if you're on lap six or lap seven with someone spiritually where God goes, okay, the wall is coming down mm. this time mm-hmm. or the next time. So it's never, to me, I never walk away and go, well, that was a failure. Well, I sometimes I feel like that, but I think spiritually we don't know mm-hmm. what lap we're on, mm. and and it's okay. That's a good perspective. But let's talk about some really practical things. I, I listed out some just from, um, just from my life and and watching my wife and how she does this too. But we just we try to have a missional lifestyle and what you call intentional. I, mm-hmm. I would say call it a missional lifestyle, mm-hmm. which a lot of times even just involves having routines. And I think. A lot of our women listening probably are, have some routines. I mean, 2020 kind of blew up everybody's routine. But back when we get, you know, to mm-hmm. routines, you know, you go to the gym the same time. I was going to say, Matt is the most store, routine same person. Time. And that's I go to the time, coffee shop. I go, I sit literally in the same table. They make fun of me. They're like, do you want your table? <laughs> and, but I meet the people. You, you know, if you just take your headphones out for five minutes, you'll meet people. And it's so interesting how lonely people are. Mm. Like a lot of the people I meet, mm. even the most famous people I meet are lonely. They're yeah. the loneliest people you can imagine. Mm-hmm. And people are desperate. And so I have a, well, a lot of times the Bible says about Jesus, as was his custom, he went here. Or Paul, as was his custom, he was here. And so I think, you know, just using your rhythms in life, mm-hmm. but paying attention to the people around you uh, is, is kind of step one, having some... Um, rhythms like that, but then being okay with interruption. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we have a tough time. We don't like people interrupting our rhythms. So leaving some margin in your life for an interruption mm-hmm. to, to stop and talk and to somebody. And that's where I think is a, a tricky thing for women is we leave zero margin if you're always for hurried. Yeah. Yep. So then we're irritated at you and we're like wishing you're actually not going to heaven, yeah. but the other <laughs> I mean. I'm kidding. <laughs> if you need to give your kids the, the phone to watch a, a video so that you can have a conversation for five minutes, that's a good move, you mm-hmm. know? And so leaving, so I try to leave some room in my life to be interrupted by people all day long if they tap me on the shoulder or, or and then, and then sometimes I interrupt myself. If I like, I met two p- different people because they came in with like a cast on their foot, and I just took my headphones out. I'm like, bro, what'd you do? And you know, guys love to tell a story about how they, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they made up a better one. Than they made up a better one. Should women be doing that though? They should be like, bro, well, what'd you women, do? <laughs> no, no, no. But women are great noticers. They go, mm-hmm. oh, I love that. Where did you get that? Mm-hmm. I love your nails. Where'd you get them done? I love, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I do that too, even with my guy mm-hmm. friends. You know, just like, dude, I love those shoes. Where'd Can you, you walk through the transition of I love your nails? Where'd you get them done? To do you know Jesus? <laughs> yes. Like, what's the we'll bridge? Get to that. <laughs> well. That's actually, there's two, <laughs> two more things. So have a mission lifestyle, be willing to be interrupted, identify with Christ. So I, I usually think of a statement that helps me identify as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so um, I wouldn't be like, I've been praying for a pair of shoes like that. But, you know, just to go, oh, man, that's awesome. Like, I don't know. I, I say things like, I mean, I'll be praying for your leg to get better fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wanna, I'm going to pray that God. Because you're like signaling yeah, that, I'll be praying that hey, God I'm heals a person your, of mm-hmm. faith. 
It's just a signal. It just mm -hmm. says, hey, I'm a person that prays. I'm a person of faith. I bring God into normal conversation. And that's all it is. That's, mm -hmm. I, I leave it at that until I see him again. And I do that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I try to bring God into a really normal conversation like that. So I would call that identify with Christ. Then there are times where I would call it, you need to learn how to transition a conversation to spiritual things. And it doesn't have to feel real forced. You know, I think what Melody and I experienced sometimes felt really forced. Yep. But man, there's a good skill there, there is. in learning how to go. You know what you're experiencing is brokenness. Mm -hmm. And this whole world is broken. Mm. I mean, that if you don't know in 2020 that the world is broken, mm -hmm. right. you, we're missing a huge say it opportunity. Like that, it is simple. Like to, to transition like it that, it can be so simple. I think we make it I mean, so much gosh, trickier than it has to be. I have friends, and this happens. And of course, this happens a lot. But, you know, like my friends that I've known for a long time, like they're, two of them, their wives had miscarriages mm. you know, in the last couple of years. And that's a moment yep. mm -hmm. that I'm going to reach out to them and say, I am so sorry. And, you know, this world is broken. This is not how it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not going to tack a Bible verse on it or anything necessarily, but I'm just going to say, I am praying for you to heal. Like mm -hmm. that's a, that just seems like a human thing to do. Yeah. And it's not a strategy. They're not a project at that moment. I, I've known them before and I'm caring for them in that moment. And everybody has those moments. And I mean, we even just going out to eat and asking our waitress, how can we pray for you? We're going to pray for our meal. I hate praying over food. It seems so stupid. <laughs> So we just say, hey, we're going to pray for you. Before, is there anything we can pray for you? I've had people break down and cry. Mm. Some of them sat down with us. They'll legit just start telling you like, oh, whatever they, they want tell. For. It's like soul care. You yeah. go right into a soul care appointment. I promise you. That happened that. to me when I was getting my lashes done two months ago. It ended up being soul care, but I was like, don't. <laughs> Ooh, that's right on my. <laughs> well, think about how much time. I mean, if you're getting your hair, like when Rebecca gets her hair colored and cut, it takes like I wish you 47 guys could hours. Hands right yeah, now. My, like my hands are way out here. Sticking out like he's holding a globe over his head. She is a Texan. <laughs> uh, if you live in Texas, we love you. But yeah, I mean, like that's some good time. Yeah. You got to talk about something mm -hmm. and you're paying good money. And th so they should and listen to something. And captivating audience. I mean, you're there. I'm the same way with my yeah. um, girl, Tiff, that. I've known since she's a little kid. She does lashes. When we're there, we have the best conversations because mm -hmm. we're both there. We got an hour and a half together. Let's. That's what's so interesting about it. The girl that you know that does my lashes, which is just funny to say, but you're you, you're you're together for however long it takes. Um, her life and her story are so hard, mm -hmm. and she will now, like this past week, because of how hard it is, uh, she will text me and say. I need you to pray for me. Here's what's happening. And I've become that person. And now mm -hmm. when I leave my lash appointment, I say, let's pray about that before I go. And it's, it's, that's what, that's what's created. Mm -hmm. And it all started from the, like the first or second time, you know, you're just getting to know someone. They're just telling you about their life. And it was that very same thing. Um, her closest loved one is an addict. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'd like to pray for her. And as soon as I said that, she said, are you a Christian? And I said, I am. And she said, what church do you go to? And I said, Sam. and that's, and immediately the conversation took mm -hmm. off and it didn't feel weird or forced. Right. Um, it wasn't and a strategy. It was natural. Like very humanity. natural. Yep. And now that, that open door, because she needs prayer. I mean, ongoing in her life, she'll, she keeps, the, she keeps mm -hmm. coming back to, to ask for that. Um, I showed her how to get version app on her phone. 
Because she's like, I've only ever read the King James. I was like, well, that was my life too for a long time. So let me help you out. It's something easier. You can read. It's called The Message. <laughs> and she's like, how do I do it? And so we spent, after I Venmoed her from my phone, I showed her how to download version. And so. Did you plan to do that before you went in? No. But, it, but at some point in your mind, you thought, I'm going to offer to pray for her. Yeah. Well, as soon as what you just said was so key, the world is broken. And mm-hmm. just from a few simple interactions, people will let you see their brokenness because people want, you talk about this all the time, people want to be known. This vision of being real. I mean, it's up here on the wall behind us. People want that so badly that when you open the door, like, I'm going to be real. I'm going to pray for you. Like, that's real. They are almost lunging. Well, how many people? Do you think of asked them, how can I pray for you right. in the last five years? Yeah. And and I just think it's such a there's such a starvation for that kind of care. Mm-hmm. The yeah, people will almost latch onto it. I mean, I, I might not give my phone number <laughs> to some right. people. Um, but yeah, like you'd be surprised at how hungry people are for just social interaction yep. and especially someone to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um but I think women have such great environments to do this yeah. that, that that men sometimes don't have. They're not as vulnerable unless they're playing golf, sitting next to each other mm-hmm. on a golf cart. Then they can have those kind of conversations. Or, yeah. But women have environments where they are. It's hard to act like you got it all together when your two-year-old's melting down and is wet the diaper out all over you in the <laughs> grocery store. You just go, yeah, I'm, it's a little broken right now. Yeah. And I think for another woman or mom to come alongside and say, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. How can I pray for you? It's so well, normal. And also, like I'm thinking of my girls who aren't married and don't have babies, but I have a 22 and almost 24 year old. You know, the kind of things that they're experiencing right now is what they're Breakups seeing all their friends and, doing yeah. versus what they've heard their whole life they should be doing from God. You know, and that kind of thing. And so, I even think in that regard, it's just like they 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 almost need someone to like give them a North star right now, you know, in that way. So just pouring into them and saying, how can I pray for you? What's going on with you? Because I know they even feel sometimes like, well, my problems aren't as much because I'm not married. I don't have, you know, but it's like, these are, you're actually making some of the biggest decisions of your entire life right now. You need the most prayer, Mm. not the most, but you get what I'm saying. Prayer is such an easy thing. It's such a safe thing. I've never had someone get mad at me offering to pray. Um, so Rebecca, when our kids, when Aiden started riding a bus to like middle school, we were a little nervous about putting him on a school bus, you know, and he's like sixth grade. So they're all like super young. And so she goes the first day and the bus comes and there's all the moms who, you know, taking their cute little kids out there. And so they put them on the bus and Rebecca gathers like three or four of the other moms are standing there. And, and she's like, can we pray for our kids together? Mm. I can see and, her doing that too. And it's again, not because she's brave. She just no, goes but, for it. Yeah. And God told her to do it. And so she's like, she told me that day, she's like, I'm going to try to get some moms and see if we can pray off our kids. Because guess what? All the moms are scared. Right. It was like mm-hmm. it was like a it's Muslim. A common, there was a yeah. Muslim, this little Hispanic woman that doesn't speak any English, a Chinese believer. And they all, every day, Beautiful. they brought drop off their kids and then they would pray. Well, and it's that common thing. And like, they all care about yeah. their kids. Yeah. yeah. They all don't want their kids to do something mm-hmm. stupid and embarrass them at school. Well, you know? and the, thing <laughs> is, the thing is, people who are not connected to God, not in church, don't have faith, whatever, tragedy happens. And what do they say? Sending up prayers. Hey, if you, if you, I'll see this on Instagram. Hey, if you're a praying person, because in our brokenness, what we absolutely hope is we hope that there's a healer 
Mm-hmm. We hope that there's a that God. That there's a savior, that there's a comforter. That there's, that a, there's a rescuer. A protector. Yeah. yeah. That someone's looking out for us in 2020. And so it does, prayer does tend to be one of the best, I think, gateways to, mm-hmm. yeah, I pray because I do believe in God. Right. And that can And those people reach back out to you. Yeah. Like when life T-bones them, they will text you mm-hmm. at two in the morning or they will call you. And that's a good thing. And mm-hmm. that that's when they, because some people don't think they need God until life kind of T-bones them. But they'll remember, who is it that prays? Mm-hmm. Who is it that believes in God and believes he can do miracles? I'm going to reach out to that person. And you just want to be on the radar of their life mm-hmm. when that happens. Mm-hmm. So on a real practical level, like I write down a lot of names. Anytime I meet people that I'm going to see frequently, I like write their name down because I'm horrible at names. I write down, if I say I'm going to pray for you about that, I write that down. Um, see, I love that because how often do we say, I'm, I'm totally pray for you. <laughs> well, I, well, I do like, it right then. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. As yeah. soon as I say it's I'm going to pray for you, I do it right then and, and there. And that is a discipline I think yep. that we can all do better at is that right there so that we are diligent and and honest in that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> And because also prayer that's unsaid is <laughs> – is ineffective. That, that's not a prayer. No. You know? <laughs> Thinking and, about it is not a prayer. It's so, like positive vibes. Right. <laughs> no, I pray for them. And then I try to, you know, next time you see them, go, hey, man, I've been praying about that. How's it going? I mean, that's amazing. Again, nobody's doing that in their life. And mm-hmm. so none of this stuff has to do with knowing the Bible. None of this, none of these things have to do have with to heaven. You don't have to be a theologian with You don't have to be a theologian. You've got to be Pastor Matt. You just have to do life without headphones for a day, and mm. you'll, you'll be able to meet people. Mm. Uh, the, the other thing I would say that's very practical that you probably learned to do too, Melody, and, but it's good, is to take time to actually write out like your personal testimony and have maybe a 30, 40 second version of it. Not a 30 minute version of it, but like a 30, 40 second version of it. Kind of like what you would share with somebody yeah. while you're getting your eyelashes done. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this long thing, but um, you know, I actually went back and tried to work on mine and we'll talk about kind of an outline for it, but... Um, it, it, I want to kind of talk about maybe my life before I knew Jesus and then how I came to know the gospel that, that Jesus saves us. Like he took our sin, he paid for me. And, and now I, I'm not as fearful or, you know, I'm, I, I don't have that fear. Or I don't have that worry, uh, you know, kind of before, mm-hmm. how, after. It's really simple. And if you have the time to write it out and kind of memorize it, it's so much more helpful in the moment Mm -hmm. because no one expects you to be eloquent, you know, whatever in the moment if you're not prepared. Here's the thing, though. Here's what I think I see and I even am guilty of is becoming detached from my own testimony. Mm. Like I think that it's like, oh. Like I I don't have this amazing... Testimony? Well, that, like, you know, I don't have this amazing one, or I've, it's been like God has become so interwoven that I almost forget to remember mm. what He's done for yeah. me, you know? And, and I, so I love that idea of that. I'm actually going to commit to you that I'm going to do that. So circle back. It's with so me in fun. A while. I, I just went back and, and redid mine. Because I think that, um, I think it, it's good for all of us to remember, to remember what God's done for us, the before. Yeah. Yeah. For some of us have been a Christian a long time. It is kind of hard. We don't have this, like, I was in prison and then I saw right. a light, you know, and I don't either. Like, I grew up in a great home. I became a Christian mm-hmm. at a young age. Um, but I, I talk about my sport, you know, and Rebecca talks about her grades, you know, like her testimony is kind of the church kid, you know, where she grew up in church and she was like, my goal was to be perfect, you know, so she mm-hmm. is valedictorian and she could do it. Like, mm-hmm. she was smart enough, she could do it. 
But when it came to religion and pleasing God, she couldn't be perfect. She couldn't even be good. Yeah. And so she, her realization was, man, I was a sinner and I need to be saved and I couldn't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. So when she trusted Christ, she was saying, man, Jesus is trading his perfect life for mm-hmm. mine. He's taken all my sin, but he's given me his perfection mm-hmm. and it's a free gift. Mm-hmm. I could never earn it. And that's yeah. it. That's, I, don't, I don't know how I would word mine, but like in the moment I'm thinking it would be some, like the way I would figure that out. And again, I'm saying this because I want everyone listening to be thinking like this, but I think I would share something like similar story. Like I don't ever remember not having Jesus. I remember, you know, believer as a young kid, but I grew up in a lot of fear. Like I was abused as a kid, you know, sexually molested, alcoholic dad, like um, a lot of like they're staying together, they're getting divorced, like everything felt mm. at risk. Mm-hmm. But the one thing in my life that felt safe and secure mm. was God. There it is. Like, and even as an adult, that's the place. He was a safe father. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And my, and I love my dad. Like, we were very close. He was fun, but it was still at risk. Like, his dad staying? His mom staying? Is dad sober? Is he not? Can we pay the bills? Because dad's working? Can we? You know, like, yeah. everything felt unsafe all the time. But God felt safe. Mm. And even as an adult, that's. I mean, Mel, you've heard me share this. Like, we. I've had to go back to a strategy I use even like with my own mental health, like what if, because mm. I'm a six mm. on the Enneagram also. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a compounded, but like, well, what if this happens? And I'm seven steps to Matt and I are getting divorced. I'm going to die. We're losing our jobs. Our kids are eating. They're dying. Like I just am wired that way. And my what if is even if, mm. even if all mm. this, that's good. Like God is so good. So, yeah. you know, I'm just trying to think like how I would that's articulate great. that. Yep. I was just about to say like that's so, and how that would resonate with so many people who were abused as children mm-hmm. and who can't look to the person who was supposed to protect them or care for them. They didn't do that. And so you found that in God. You found 100%. that. In- and so I'm like, I've never articulated that in that way before. I'm going to mm-hmm. do that. And think about the fact that like three out of every three out of four oh, kids, girls yeah. have been sexually abused, yeah. something like that. So like how many people really feel at, at risk yeah. mm-hmm. and unsafe? So I love that. And I want to challenge every single person listening to spend some time doing that. I mean, you don't have to sit down and get it till it's done. Like sit down, uh, write some thoughts down, start writing down, mm-hmm. then condense that, then add that and just start ruminating on what has God done for me? Why Why am I a believer? What well, has and my, I think yeah. it's going to help you connect with people whenever you see a connection. Like when, when mm-hmm. someone shares something that you've struggled with, you're going to know mm-hmm. kind of how to relate to that pain. Um, well, the idea too of sharing your faith, like are you remembering the faith you have and why yeah. you even have it? Because as soon as you say it, share your faith. What faith are you sharing? No, but yeah. as soon as you say share your faith, I think people think, I've got to know the Bible inside and out. I've got to be. I've got to be able to quote all these verses. Since I don't, and since I can't, I'm just not going to. But when you say you're gonna, you're gonna share your story, and how God intersected your story, mm-hmm. that's real and relatable to everybody because that's your. It's that's what's true. Like that's mm-hmm. what happened. That's where you met God or how He found you. Um, and even sometimes it's good to revisit your story. Because what I wrote years ago when I was taking my evangelism explosion class um, to where I am now. You can't even say that without laughing. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's a real thing, you guys. I got a certificate so and everything. Um, but we, I weave the story of our adoption into yeah. into it now um, because so much of that process and our desire to get Mehdi and our desire to bring him, you know, into our family is so. That's what God calls us. We are we are the adopted sons and daughters of God, mm-hmm. um, and I can get almost anybody to listen to that story. Mm-hmm. Like my my hairdresser for the longest time, who is an atheist, got so connected to me because of our adoption. I mean, that she would t- she would ask about it. She contributed when we did a fundraiser before we brought him home. Like that had her connected, and 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 that's that's also not an accident. The things that have happened in our life that have connected mm-hmm. us to God, even though they've been hard things, like even some of the, what you just shared, those are the things that people lean in and go. Wow, that was really hard. But even in the midst of being abused, you still believe in God and believe that God is love and He's safe for you, and that's that's huge. Hmm. Well, let me let me since we're talking about the gospel, and you know, some people might feel like, well, I don't know how to explain. Like, I can share my story, but I don't know what what's mm-hmm. the most important mm-hmm. thing to share. And I I would say there's three things and I wish they all rhymed or started the same letter or something cool, on, but they Claude, don't. You haven't thought of that. Um, I did, but I can't make it more simple than this. Well, you guys work on it. You're better at that <laughs> than me. You can write a song about it. But if you want to, in my mind, when I'm having those conversations or I'm writing my testimony, there's three, there's three things I think that are essential. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first one is just sin. And so I want to, at some point, identify that I am a sinner, and that's one of the things that's great about our church is it's really easy to admit, man, we're all being real, and so it's real with self. I am a sinner. I've messed up. I'm a failure. And I and I confess that, but then at some point say, hey, man, you've experienced probably some brokenness too, or have you experienced anger, or you know, some of these things that the Bible calls sin. I'm not going to use the word sin, but I want to bring up the idea of, man, I feel like I'm not enough or I'm not pleasing God or whatever it is. Um, but sin, you know, mm-hmm. I want to address that we're, we've all sinned. And if Jesus calls, you know, hating someone in your heart a sin just as much as murder, Oof. we've all we've all sinned. And all the women right now are all, I, uh, I know. Uh, uh. <laughs> right, because most people think murder, Jesus said hate is murder, mm-hmm. and therefore, yeah. Right. And, and so I'm just, you know, <laughs> we've all sinned. And if you have kids, you know that, they we've are sinners. Sinned. Yeah, they're all sin. And then you sin some more. So we've all sinned. Um, so my kids sin. make me sin. <laughs> and then, but number two is there's a substitute. So sin and substitute. I wish I had a simpler word for that. But the substitute is where I get to talk about the fact that Jesus traded really two things. He took away our sin. And I might just ask, do you, you've heard the story of Jesus dying on the cross, maybe. Do you know what that was about? Jesus traded he took all our sin on him because sin deserved death. He died a death mm. for us in our place. It's like someone trading the death sentence for you. But not only that, the perfect life you want to be, the perfect wife, perfect, you know, whatever mom, he gave his perfect righteousness to you. So he, he was a substitute. Mm. He traded. Um, and then the third thing is just faith, that we only receive that gift, that trade, as a, it's a free gift that we receive by faith. And so I'm always trying to communicate those three things. In and in if I'm sharing the gospel, if we're talking about what is the gospel, we don't have to explain the Trinity and you know all these other things. Um, but I would try to explain that, man, I've sinned. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, I can come up with a million examples of my sin mm-hmm. to, to get things started. I think um, hating each other, the women got you. I think we're with you. <laughs> uh, and then substitute that Jesus was the only substitute and that it's a free gift. And the free gift of God's grace is really the only thing that separates us from all the world religions, that we do not work to earn yeah. our salvation. We cannot be good enough to earn his free gift. It is a free gift. Mm-hmm. And so I would say the, the the gospel is information and it's an invitation. So those three things are kind of the basic information of what I want to share. Mm-hmm. With that That's what the Bible is about. That's what we mean when we talk about the gospel. But evangelism happens when there's also an invitation. And I would think this is one of the things, Melody, that I do appreciate about our confrontational approach that we grew up in. By the time, listen, I always talk about diarrhea. I I would get diarrhea right at the invitation part. Well, but here's the deal. Relational, you know, styles are great. Um, Kindness is great, but kindness is not enough. Like kindness has to become clarity. That's what I say. Kindness just gives us credibility. Kindness opens the door. Yes, it builds a bridge. But the gospel is not just information. It's an invitation Mm -hmm. for you to do something, for you to trust Christ Mm -hmm. and change. And so I would say after you've shared, it's perfectly appropriate to go, man, have you ever made a decision like that? Would you like to pray and have that kind of um, courage or have that kind of release from fear or have that kind of story? And and that's the heart. That's the part that I think guys are a little more direct at, at doing, but girls could, e- women could easily learn to be that direct and ask. Mm-hmm. Um, now women, a little less direct about things, and I, but I think learning how I to ask that question. I wish everyone could see what you just did yeah, with I did. your hand. I went like, like a fly, all like a bumblebee. Claude, well, I, have that, I have other problems with that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, like Rebecca, if I'm like, hey, will you call your mom and ask her this? It, that's a 30-minute conversation. I was going to say, know? men are less words. Women are like, so I'm going to tell you this story. Yeah. And 45 minutes later, I'm totally. getting to the point where Matt's like, and the reason why I need you to say you say all I'm that like, again in five words. Have you asked her if she's coming for Thanksgiving yet? She's like, I'm getting to it. You know, the, the reason why this is important is because um, what I did do the summer between my junior and senior in high school, I can't remember, I was a um, child evangelism fellowship missionary. And again, it was all about that is impressive. It, for did the whole summer. I did three <laughs> backyard Bible clubs a day and all these. But the whole point was to give kids the gospel. And this is the reason why I'm sharing that right now is because the gospel, like it, as you just broke it down is simple enough for even a child to understand. Mm -hmm. One of the things we get really good at is when we get super wordy and we get super, then people are like, what are you actually asking me to do? And I'm like, if, and one again, back to I'm grateful for, with CEF that you taught me, if you can't explain it to a child, then you don't fully understand the gospel because it's simple enough for a child because he said he's not willing that any <laughs> perish, including that four or five, six, seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. So making it simple and like that, I think the sin substitute faith, have you ever, would you like to accept that free gift of salvation um, is, so, is so important because it, it does eventually lead to a person making a decision. Um, and that's the part that... We, weirds us out a little bit. Well, um, we used to see evangelism as um, just an event, it, you know, at a church or right. a rally or something. But I, uh, one of my professors at D- DTS said evangelism is Dallas an event. Theological Seminary. Thank you. Uh, he said evangelism is an event in the process of discipleship. 
And so if you start to think about these relationships you have as almost pre, mm -hmm. like before they become a Christian, you're making a disciple. And then ev evangelism is an event in the process of then discipling them even after by plugging them into a community group or a, co a community of faith and a church and watching their marriage grow and watching you know their, them grow as believers. And so the relationship is super important because mm -hmm. if you if it's just an event and then you never see them again, that's not necessarily great either. So I think all these questions and curiosity and building you know relationships with people, what happens is then you have this awesome relationship, and when the evangelism happens and they do trust Christ, now they have someone yeah. who can mm -hmm. walk them like a Barnabas, you know, and, and walk them into faith, mature faith. Um, Yep. No, that's that's good. So here's the thing. I'm, I want to I want to be super technical about it. Like, I, I think that women, myself, women I've talked to, like that's what we're nervous about. So let's say, okay, you've just you've just said to me like the sin. I've admitted to you that I had a hate chamber in my heart. And people <laughs> sometimes have been locked to in me there, dead to me list, um, and that was wrong. And I have no hate chamber anymore. And I only put pencil people onto the dead to me list. They used to go on on a Sharpie. Pencil now. Growth. Progress. <laughs> um, understanding that, you know, God's a substitute for that. And I, you know, and I want to make a decision now, like, what what it what does that look like? Can I, you know, can I pray for you? Here's what I want you to pray. Have you ever prayed? Because I think that's something you hear is like, have you said the sinner's prayer? Have you accepted Jesus in your heart? Which Matt, you know, Matt gets very technical, in, or not, that's not the wrong word, but, you know, Matt Matt does not, he thinks we've, we've gone wrong and done injustice sometimes in that part that people think it begins and ends at that prayer, hmm. <laughs> that that's not a catalyst to a life change, you know, yeah. um, because people are like, no, I prayed once, I went forward at such and such church, and I'm good, you know, I was... And there's no, so, you know, he's, he's more of, it's a process than like a moment, but there is that moment where it's like, let's pray about that. What, what do you think to that? Like what, what's some language you would literally recommend? It's not weird. Well, and Matt's probably seen a lot more experiences of people who've, yeah, I prayed a prayer and then their life and they never really got plugged in and, uh, they became like the parable, you know, of the soils, mm -hmm. which some grew, some did not. Um, I I think that if becoming a Christian is a is something that happens in us once, and I don't think we always know when it happens. But mm -hmm. I think that when you come to life spiritually, that is something that happens at a moment mm -hmm. where God regenerates your heart. Mm -hmm. And when See, it, I think he would agree with that. It's yeah. just like to say like, no, I said the prayer. So yeah, was, but it doesn't always happen in a yeah, prayer yeah, like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it might not even happen when you're sober, you know, it might. But I think when you <laughs> finally you just complicated call it. on the name of the Lord, I think yeah, yeah, I, that's yeah. what the Bible says. Anyone who calls in the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm, and so say. sometimes I don't even lead people. I just say, what would you say to God? And, yeah. and let them fumble their way through mm -hmm. a prayer. At least it'll be genuine. See, you know? I love that approach because then we're not having to remember like, what what, what yeah. order did the Roman road go in again? What, no, did I, I get the verse right? Because, did I? Yeah. It's like, what are your real authentic words to God in your mm -hmm. own language, yep. in your own way that you would articulate things. Because I think what matters the most is that person is is the faith piece. They're declaring their faith in God. 
and I may say that differently than you. Mm -hmm. My grandfather was an alcoholic, and someone invited him to church. And he, when he tells the story of, of coming, he just said, I was gripping the pew in front of me so tightly um, because God was doing something in my heart that he, at the time he couldn't even articulate. But it was the Spirit of God working in him mm -hmm. that he goes, I was just waiting for the pastor to give an invitation. It was already happening inside of him before he'd said a prayer. Mm -hmm. And that's how we, I mean, that right there is evidence that God is working in and around us in ways that we even can't see it. Um, but I think this is such a great conversation because what it reminds us of is it's our responsibility to share. You know, Gary Hogan from International Justice Mission gave a talk once that wrecked me completely. And he was just talking about the state of the world and what's going on. And he brought everybody to the edge of the seat of, this is all terrible. And he was like, but there's a plan. And everyone perks up and he goes, you're the plan. And then we all felt terrible again. <laughs> but it was just like, no, I want a different plan. <laughs> there's no plan B. It's us. Yeah. Like we, we're the messengers. We mm -hmm. carry the message mm -hmm. of the gospel. We're the ones who've been changed. So we have to grow in faith and yeah. obedience. You said that several times. It wasn't brave. She's just obedient to look for those opportunities and then say, okay, God, I'm going to just go for this <laughs> and let you mm -hmm. work through all of my blunders and miss right. up. And that's the, and it's God working. Yeah. It's God's power. It's God who changes people. Everything we do is simply raising the sails. Yeah. I just hung out with some guys that are going to learn to sail, and they love sailboats, and we were talking all about it. They can't make wind. Mm. They, they can't do anything to move that boat, but they can do everything to raise the sails. Mm -hmm. You know, I asked him, I was like, how many people does it take to do your sailboat? Does it take like four or two? Because I'm picturing all the ropes, and he's like, no, I just push a button. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a really nice sailboat. But that's what we can do is you can start conversations. You can meet people. You don't even have to have a seminary degree to talk to people. Mm -hmm. uh, you can offer to pray for people. But all those things, I think, just raise the sails. And then we get to sit back and say, man, God, is your spirit mm. going to blow and move in this person and move their life and move their heart or not? And maybe it will, maybe it won't. But mm -hmm. I've done my job, mm. I think, in the world of evangelism. I have been faithful and I've been obedient when I've try to bring up spiritual things when I've tried to raise the sales, offer to pray, actually pray, you know, offer um, and actually offer, do offer it. And actually pray. <laughs> and those are all things that are completely within my control. Yeah. Uh, no matter what the world's doing and no matter what people are believing. And honestly, I don't chase all the rabbit trails that I, I don't worry about what people are going to bring up and what questions they're asked. There's great books that mm -hmm. they can get. If they really want to know the answer to that question mm -hmm. about evolution, I got a great book for you. And the chances are they probably don't really want to know. They just want you to stop talking to them. Um, what about dinosaurs? Yeah, okay. there, there's so many great re You can be like, I can find the answer for that if you really want to know. But today, I just want to know, what do you think about Jesus? Like, yeah. See, that's a great way to put that. Instead of getting overwhelmed with it, to be like, I'll find that later. Because yeah. then it even takes the pressure off you internally of feeling like you have to have every single thing about every single thing memorized. <laughs> right. Yeah. So good. Okay, before we close, um, I want to just kind of go back and highlight a few things that you've said. Um, you talked about your natural rhythms, where you go in life. I want every person listening to think about those natural places. Matt's biggest um, opportunity that he's had to lead people to Jesus have been at the gym. He goes every day. He remembers their name. He knows their life. He remembers their life. He follows up the next time. I think some of us are like, well, well I'm not meeting anyone. I want I, I want everyone to start kind of 
looking at their mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. Their, their natural things they're doing in a different way. You know, we were on staff at a church once, and they had the, like, bring a friend day. Oh, old school church. <laughs> yeah, they did. And um, I think every weekend should be bring your friend day, but we had, there was, like, big bring your friend day Sunday. And I remember everyone on staff would get so stressed because they didn't know anybody who didn't go to church mm. already. And it was like, who's my friend going to be this year? You know, like, oh, my gosh, I, I don't have a friend. Um, and I think that's why you said, like, hobbies are so good because um, – we're exposed to all kinds of people, so I just want to remind everyone to to not forget to remember yeah. um, the bigger picture here, and to remember the people that you're seeing. Even if it you've, you're like, well, it's not church. Well, good that it's not church because then you have no one to bring on bring your friends, which we don't actually have. But you know weekend. what I'm saying. So I love how you said, like, I go there. You know, you do go to the coffee shop. I've seen you there the one time I've ever been to that coffee shop. There was Claude sitting over there. I didn't know that was your table. Well, and I think Dan Zimbardi asked me if I wanted an office here at the church, which is really awesome and generous. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's just not where I want to be through the week. I, I would rather be somewhere where I could mm-hmm. meet more non-Christians. Well, and here's the thing is, you know that you're going to see some people repetitively, but you also don't know who you're going to see. Yeah. That's new. It that that's a really good thing, and I think a lot of women have that. Yep. You know, we do have other moms. We do have other friends. Other students graduating, other people in our program in school, other mm-hmm. co-workers, like for Cultivate, we're always saying, get with your co-workers at lunch. Women and are say, always taking meals to people and serving. I mean, they're yeah. so equipped for this. So the the rethink your opportunities of, of the places you're going, the people you're with, don't complicate it. You know, just ask questions about them as like a human to human. Like, how are you? How can I pray for you? Mm. Um, and let like that part you just said about like you can't create wind. Like trust God that he's going to be God. I think I think for me, I do feel like that. Like I I have to make this happen, handle it all. I'm not going to get it right, so I don't do it at all. And so I feel challenged in that way. But do you have any last-minute thoughts for everybody before we go? This is your chance. What would you say to women if you wanted women to know anything, Claude? Go. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but be careful. Well, I would say – you probably already know some people. And so I would write out one or two names Mm. and I would just start praying and say, God, I'm going to pray for an opportunity Mm -hmm. to have a spiritual conversation with my name, this person, and then watch God work Mm -hmm. and, and start preparing, start thinking through, man, how would I share my personal testimony in 30 seconds? Mm -hmm. Or uh, maybe even Romans 6, 23 is that outline. If you want to memorize one verse, just memorize Romans 6, 23. It's that sin free gift, substitute, and then be ready and then look for opportunities. I think when you start praying for one or two people, God's going to bring opportunities Mm -hmm. and you're going to go, wow, that was so easy. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be amazing to see God work. And you're going to feel like, man, God did this. And you're going to know in that moment, I better open my mouth because I've been praying for this all week. And now here we are at the grocery store and here it is, you know? So I would say maybe that'd be a good practical thing to do. But um, women, I think are incredibly more bold sometimes than men at running into the fire and mm-hmm. saying, man, how are you doing? Are you struggling? How can I be praying for you? Mm-hmm. And they're great at being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And use that. Use that mm-hmm. to connect with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing I was going to say. The third thing I was going to say, um, don't com- or look for the people in your natural rhythms. Don't complicate it. But also I, I think that 
the the biggest thing, not the biggest thing, but one of the biggest takeaways from today is I think we all need to maybe get a little more reconnected with our personal testimony. Mm. Um, and to think about that, to not be so far removed from it, what God's done for us. But, and like you said, Mel, what has he done since he's done it? Yeah. You know, with us, like what, what is the good news of our own life? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the thing of like, what is your good news? Why has it been good news for you? Yeah. And so I think maybe that is one of the gaps that we need to remember yeah. to think about is I think maybe we're detached from how the good news has been good news for us. Mm-hmm. And when we uh, get connected back to that, I think we're going to have a new energy and a new inspiration to maybe share that a little bit more. Yeah. And like what you said about this might not be the end times, but it might be the end time for you. Mm-hmm. You know, Matt and I lost one of our best friends this year. Tragically, Matt had a meeting with him that day at three. He died at 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, will be one of the biggest losses, I think, in our, our life. And, um, you know, Matt had just had a spiritual conversation with him, which thank God, you know, um, but like he, what if he hadn't, mm. you know, and Matt and I had wrestled for a few months about some co- hard conversations to have and then had them. And, and even as grieved as we felt, Matt was like, I, I'm so glad I had that conversation. Yeah. It was so hard. Mm-hmm. So any last words from you, Mel? No, I, I just want to encourage you guys that wherever you are, you can start right where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, these, these, I mean, the prayer, I think offering to pray for people is such a great first step. Into I'm that challenging realm. everyone to pray for your waiter and waitress now and see how yeah. that goes. Just like a little social experiment. Let's see yep. how that goes. The girl doing your hair, mm-hmm. um, the the uh, you know moms. You're at the soccer field, the football field, the baseball field. If you haven't been, you're going to be. That's all going to open up again soon. Um, those are just natural pathways that you can just go. Hey, you meet you meet someone, you have a connection, you offer to pray for them. Um, so I think that's it's important to go. What's my starting point? Start there. Mm-hmm. Like just don't, you don't have to launch into the deep end of the pool, but start there. Um, and then I want to encourage all of the women, if you haven't already, to join us for the season of Cultivate because mm-hmm. we're going to be studying Ephesians 6, the armor of God. This is what we need to be doing every day in mm-hmm. our lives. Mm-hmm. God's given us an outline. <laughs> Actually, you're going to put these things on that really equips us to live out the faith that we're talking about in real ways um, to confront what's going on around mm-hmm. us. There's spiritual warfare like never before. Um, there's, At least never before for us. <laughs> right. There's an attack um, that's happening on our hearts, on our mm-hmm. families, in our lives. Our culture. And we need, we need to be prepared. We need to know how to go into battle. So um, it starts October the 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow Cultivate Women on Instagram and Facebook to get all of the information. Tammy's teaching, I'm teaching, plus um, some other incredibly solid women. Uh, registration is still open. Mm-hmm. So you can join from anywhere. It's all going to be online, digital, so that you can meet us from wherever you're at. Um, and we hope you'll join us for that. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, um, I just recorded my teaching this week. I think you go tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, But that's what I talked about was just like we didn't get say in all of the things that's happened this year. Mm. You know, I didn't get to say – I didn't get say in who passed away. I had relationships die to both death and drama this year. You know, I've had health issues. I've walked people with health issues. Like we have had some hard – Things either for us or they're just hard because it's when you love someone and something hard happens to them, right. you know, it's hard for you. And so I've said, we didn't get, 
so much say in this year. Um, but we do get say in how we finish this year. Mm. And I say, let's do it together whole. We have hundreds. We have 500-ish something in this first two weeks-ish. I'm looking at, at Tiff, our team. Like, she knows all the numbers, but already signed up. Like, how fantastic at the end of this year Mm -hmm. To say, you know, we're not going to be where we want to be. You know what we always say? We might not be where we want to be, but we won't be where where we we were. were. You know, we're looking at cultivating wholeness, which we thought would be like becoming whole and how God made us. Now we know it means how do we literally stay whole when the world around us is falling apart? And I've yet to meet someone who hasn't experienced a battle this year. Mm -hmm. And, And the particular verse that we use in the message doesn't actually say put on the armor of God. It says put these things to use. Mm. And I talked about, Everything we need to fight the battles around us, God's already given inside of us. Yeah. We just need to put it to use. And so I think this conversation is good for that too. Is like we have what it takes mm-hmm. to share our faith and help lead other people into a faith journey of their own. Yep. We just need to start cultivating that into our everyday lives, everyday relationships, everyday conversations, mm-hmm. right where we are, free from fear, and just full of obedience. So yeah. on that note, it's we love stuff. you guys. Um, don't forget to join us. Claude, thank you so Thanks much for, for having being me. here. Next time, can we just talk about food or something? <laughs> totally. Not we'll so do intense. that one. Yeah. How to eat well. So <laughs> we hope you guys um, have been encouraged, um, challenged in the best kind of way that um, on this episode about how to share your faith because it needs to matter to us. Yeah, We need to reconnect back to our good news and why it's the good news in a world right now that feels like it's really bad so Mm. on that note good luck to you guys we love you bye bye bye